Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another new episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Paige Kennedy, and today's conversation is so powerful, I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. We have the founder and creator of Rudia Strategies Group, Brett, on the podcast today. He also wrote a book that we'll dive into as well. The why behind the strategies group that he has created, RSG, aims to inspire aliveness in their clients, communities, and the world. Um, They offer experiential learning, exclusive coaching, and also inspirational speaking services. So they kind of have two frameworks that he does with with this company and, and what they try to conquer. So we talked today a lot about the Delta Theorem, which is connected directly to purpose coaching. Um, This is in alignment with the book that he wrote called The Delta Theorem, an innovative framework for being fully alive and truly wealthy. So let's go ahead and dive right into the interview. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. All right, everyone. So I have a very, very special guest on the podcast with me today. Today, I'm going to be talking to Brett, who is so many things, but here to talk to us mostly about purpose, performance, and founding of his company. So I'm going to give the floor to him so he could dive right in, introduce himself, if you're okay with that, and giving the audience your story and kind of how you came to be and what your journey has been thus far. Well, thank you so much for having me on here. I'm I'm really thrilled to be to be here today, speaking with you as well as to your audience. Uh, yeah, I'm Brett Magpion. Um, I am a a recently retired uh, wealth manager or an executive with a wealth management firm. Uh, I started uh, last year the Rudia Strategies Group, which is a coaching, speaking, and I, and I wrote a book called The Delta Theorem. Uh, and so inside of uh, my third part of my life, if you will, um, which is the post-retirement, but really it's giving back and, and living from purpose. Uh, that's what the Rudia Strategies Group is all about uh, and why uh, I wrote the book. And, you know, we'll get into that a little bit on on what the book is about and what I why I wrote it. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about the book. And it is coming out at the end of this month, correct? It's the end of May. So it is, May 23rd, I'm so excited yeah. to dive in and hear more about that, but also your start with the Rudius group. So tell us about how that got started. What made you want to do that? Is it a lot of, um, you know, experience based off of your professional life that you wanted to take into, like you said, your third part of your life and really keep going in a more, you know, retired and, and uh, driven way? Yeah. So I, what I liked, what I thought about um, several years ago was life being like a hockey game. Are you familiar with hockey at all? Absolutely. (laughs) So there's three periods in hockey, right? So the first period of life for me was one of study. You know, I, I, I learned and there was education involved with that. The second period in this hockey game of life was some form of success. And, you know, it was usually uh, working and, and, you know, I spent 35 years in, in the industry that I was in and, and had some level of success, you know, associated with it. The third period is I see it as significance. So study, success, significance. And this third period of my life is about what I said previously, giving back, taking many of the years that I've experienced in just my career, my family life, uh, just who I am, uh, some of the things I've learned. And now I've turned that into how can I give that back to people? It's in coaching, it's in speaking. And again, it's in writing. That's what the Rudia Strategies Group is all about. 
to, to fulfill that third period of life, um, you know, and uh, yeah, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, I love that analogy. I've never heard that, but that makes a lot of sense to me. So <laughs> thank you for that. And a huge portion of your work with um, your company really is coaching clients to identify and achieve purpose, like you said, but also performance. So can we start off by you just giving some of the biggest obstacles maybe, or like mental blocks that you find in people when you're working with them in either of those areas? Yeah. So one of the things that has always happened when I ask somebody, tell me your purpose. Like if I ask you right now, tell me your purpose. What I get back is this look of deer in headlights of, I have no idea. It's too big. And if I tell you what it is, does that mean that it can never change again in my life? So there's a component of the, the weightiness of purpose as well as the optionality that people like to preserve. And so those are the, the, those are the obstacles that people usually that I run into people having when we're talking about just this concept of purpose. Now people know that they should have purpose, that they want to have purpose and the value of purpose. But again, it's such a weighty subject and one that is daunting truly daunting to people that it's really hard for them sometimes to just come up with that. Yeah, that makes total sense to me in any stage of life. Just the depth almost is what you're saying that it takes to be able to even have that thought pattern or that like potential of reaching, you know, that thought pattern of, you know, figuring it out. I love that. And when it comes to performance, I mean, how do those two tie together? Well, at, I let me get into the book a little bit, okay, if you don't okay. mind, because it will Absolutely. make a lot more sense when, when I, I tie those things together. Because the title of the book is The Delta Theorem, and the subtitle is An Innovative Framework for Being Fully Alive and Truly Wealthy. Okay, And the, and the genesis of the, the Delta Theorem was, was this. What I found was that in my life, there were many times when my story felt very large. I had a wife, uh, a daughter, uh, a career, a house, a dog, health, a lot of different things. And living in Los Angeles, what I found myself with is oftentimes on my way to the office stuck in traffic. And as I was stuck in traffic, a sigh would come over me. And I would say to myself, is this it? Like, there's got to be something more here. There's got to be something. And I felt like there's a much larger story that we're all caught up in. And we kind of feel it in those moments of like, ah, there's something so much more. But our stories feel very, very large because they are large. But really, they're smaller in the whole scheme of things, right? So knowing that, I had done a lot of reading around various ideas, purpose, and, and what have you. And what I came up with is this this equation. Now your eyes are going to roll up inside your head. So go with me on this. But the Delta theorem is this alpha over P cubed by EF squared equals Delta. Okay. Here's what it means. Here's what it means. Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet. So in this framework, it represents somebody's primary purpose. Their one thing, their power for why their reason for being what the Japanese call ikigai. It's on top of P cubed, 
And P cube stands for your priorities, your principles, and your passion. And this is where I started to solve for things is that when I look at you and I say, tell me what your purpose is, I don't start there. What I ask you is, what are your priorities? Those are easy to come up with. 25 years old, just starting to, you know, I'm just starting out. I got a podcast. I, I just want to, you know, kind of get going in life and what have you. I'm either uh, single, not single, married. Uh, those are all priorities. If you're 60, then your priorities are I'm retired. I'm a grandparent, you know, these kinds of things. So priorities are easy to come by. Principles are those things that I say, what do you stand for? What are those things that are non-negotiables in your life? One of mine is let my yes be yes and my no be no. If I say yes to somebody, then I fall through with my word. But I don't always have to start with yes. Sometimes I can start with no because it's better for the situation. So it's a principle that I live by. Many principles, people have you know principles all the time. But you can identify those things. And then passion is the thing that just makes you come alive, right? What is the thing that just you just love to do? Well, if you look at those three things and you overlap those, almost like Olympic rings, where right in the middle where they all intersect, guess what that is? That's somebody's purpose. And so with working with somebody, that's what that component of things, alpha over P cubed is, is how can I help you come up with your purpose? Let's look at your priorities. Let's look at your principles. Look, let's look at your passion. All right, but let me. Here's where we're going to get to the answer to your question. All that is theory. It all sounds great, but if you do nothing with it, it's like putting something up on a shelf and it just collects dust. You, it, nothing happens with it. So alpha over P cubed by E, which is effort. That's where performance starts to come in. That's where in the coaching process, I'll work with people around, okay, what are we doing to like, effectuate or activate your purpose and your priorities, your principles, and are they consistent with each other? And then finally, F squared is a very interesting concept here because F stands for failure. And this is the only place where math comes in in this equation because most people view failure as a negative. And when you square a negative in math, it actually becomes a positive. I don't know how, but minus 12 squared is positive 144. How that happens, I have no idea. But the concept here inside the Delta theorem is, how do I square up my failures? How do I learn from my failure? So purpose, which sits on top of priorities, principles, and passion, activated by effort, and then the learning that comes from failure, all that equals Delta, which again, in the Greek alphabet is the symbol for change, making an impact, having a difference. That's what the whole idea around the book and the Delta theorem is, is taking purpose and performance, combining those two so that you can effectuate change in your life, in your community, into the broader world and what have you. That's what that is, is all about. Wow. Wow. I'm speechless. Yeah. And you know, when I was looking through obviously your website and reading up a little bit more, cause I've never heard of the Delta theorem at all um, prior to this conversation. So it really did seem like purpose had to do with behavior and development. Um, you know, like you said, like finding your passions, your priorities, all those subcategories in between, whereas performance is the more like execution and effort based right. side of it. And That's I love right. that. Yeah. Um, 
And can you touch a little bit just for those listening, because we are going to touch a lot about the Delta theorem, of course, but can you touch a little bit on the other framework that you use when you separate, you know, performance and purpose coaching? Yeah, I have this other framework. It's called the six facets. And, and what it looks like is this. Think of a Rubik's cube. Okay, six sides to it, six different colors. If you look at people's core competencies, like kind of the critical things of life, they are they can be broken down into six. There's probably more than this, but six different things. The spiritual, the physical, the instinctual, the natural, the emotional, and the mental. Okay. Those are six different facets. So now go back to this Rubik's cube. The Rubik's cube, each one of those sides represents those core competencies. And then again, on the Rubik's cube, there's nine tiles. Mm-hmm. So inside a physical, it could be a tile could be something like stamina or fueling or rest or, you know, hydration, all these things that are associated with physical. But here's where the performance training comes into play is that it's not about solving for just one. What it is, is, is trying to create situations where all of them are working together like a Rubik's cube, because I have to say, if I ask you the question, if you did something extraordinarily hard physically, I'll guarantee you that what was going on inside your mind was, this is terrible. Your emotions are, I'm angry. Your instincts are, what am I doing right now? Your transcendent kind of spiritual nature is that maybe you're down or whatever the case is. You don't feel hopeful the natural is you're doing it indoors or in, you know, not outdoors and not getting these kinds of things. And so the performance side of the six facets is to work with people around. How do we have this spinning Rubik's cube of our lives working in such a fashion that we are wholehearted inside of this? Because the reality is, is the physical, the spiritual, the the instinctual, the natural, the emotional, the mental, all those working together is where high performance actually comes into play. I mean, you know, you hear people say, get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's the whole point of that, is that you're trying to work through all these different competencies and these facets to develop this performance to, to, to show up and engage at an elite level. So that's the, the other framework that I use in my coaching. Yeah, that was really interesting to me because I know that you've worked with a lot of huge clients and you mentioned athletes and um, on your website and just like all these different facets and how they all connect together. I don't think that people understand that um, as early on as I wish that, you know, they did because I mean, speaking from my age division, of course, like this is new to me, all of this. And this is why I have the platform where I'm trying to build it so other people could realize like a year ago. You know, I didn't even have the concept of the fact that like mental and physical health do align and that they impact each other. So this is just like such an interesting and I love the metaphors that you're using because it just makes so much sense when you talk about it in that way. So, okay. Yeah, so let's you just- know, I, I use these really um, for people to remember things, you know, yeah. more than more so than anything else. I mean, I actually think that the Rubik's Cube is is a great visual when you think about all the different things and how they work together, because that's the reality. That's what you experience. That's what I experience. That's what my clients experience as well, is that it is all meshed together. And if we just try to solve for the physical side and we're uh, uh, emotionally, you know, um, a wreck, then, you know, we're no good to anybody. Um, and so we might be, you know, physically fit, 
but an emotional disaster and and that's not a great place so you know yeah exactly that's what you're working on towards your towards uh with your clients and and with uh your audience yeah yeah absolutely so let's switch back to the delta theorem because i want to dive into your book more um and i'm excited to read it too so when it comes to purpose just because um with the audience and with you know my goal i guess you would say with the podcast is really to be able to help people just live their unapologetic just most bold and just truest self i guess you would say like living in alignment so in terms of you know the the book what made you actually sit down and write it how long did it take like what was this process like (laughs) (laughs) yeah thanks uh well i wrote it over the last year actual writing um i had it in my brain and in in uh, I don't know, you know, digital notes all over the place, you know, for the past probably eight years or so. It wasn't until probably four years ago that the theorem itself, like that it came together as this math equation. And, and frankly, I, I when I looked at it, I was like, Who, who's going to want to listen to this math equation? Their eyes are going to roll up inside their head, right? And so it took a lot of just kind of like working through that and, and, and understanding for myself why all those elements were really important inside of, you know, this framework. Um, the, the, the key was going back to, you know, sitting on that 405 freeway, why I wrote the book. Um, I wrote the book because I want people to truly come alive. The other component of stuff is that my professional career, I worked with the less than one percenters, meaning that these were the, the most wealthy families in North America. Um, literally I rode on what's called the Boeing business jet, which is like air force one, because one of my clients had access to it. And that's what we did. We flew to, you know, uh, uh, we flew to different cities inside on, you know, Boeing, the Boeing business. jet. So I don't say that with any arrogance at all. I just say that that was the kind of like state of affairs that I was in, but here's what I found with my clients is that while they came to me for their financial wealth management. What I found was that they were constantly asking questions like this. What is the money going to do to my kids? Why do I feel like my time is not my own? Why do I feel like I don't have necessarily a, a, a legacy inside of They were things that were not financial related, but are wealth related relational wealth, physical wealth, um, time wealth, mental wealth, all those components of stuff were what they were asking me about. Now, I, you know, it may sound like I was a, a therapist or something. I, I wasn't. I, I was a friend and I was a confidant. And, and I would share with them, you know, thoughts about, okay, let's do this with, you know, your, your finances and that kind of stuff. Or, you know, Here's what we can do with how it can work for your kids and and what we can do inside of that kind of stuff. But what I recognized was that when people come fully alive, what they do is, is they start to make a difference. And when they make a difference, they start to create value. And when they create value, they create true wealth. And it's not just the financial, although the financial does come when you create value, it's all of those other components of wealth. So in writing the book, I was addressing kind of like my experience for myself sitting on the 405 freeway with like, there's got to be more and seeing from clients that had 
more wealth than you could imagine who were saying the same thing. There has mm-hmm. to be more. And so that's the, you know, kind of looking at what this theorem is, is to work with the purpose and the performance to try to get them to a place of like making a difference that matters for them. Here's the thing about the Delta theorem, which is really interesting. People are like, well, let's see, can you solve it? Well, yes, but it's solved uniquely for every individual. Every person's Delta theorem equation and solving is unique to them, which is in line with the way that I see life, which is a lot of things like equations or ways to do stuff are black and white, Mm -hmm. but life is lived in color, right? Life is lived in color where things are really happening for us in, in, in different ways. It could be again, a 25 year old or a 60 year old or anyone in between that their life is just, you know, kind of, it's impacted by life stages. And, and it's, it's not just like, just tell me what to do. No, tell me what to do. No, let me give you some help in you figuring out and having your own aha moments inside of what you would like to do. And that's what I mean by coming fully alive is, is what that's about. Yeah. Yeah, the guidance and the framework, but not giving the answers because everybody is so unique and individual that they have to be able to tap into it themselves. That's exactly correct. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's so interesting too, that you talk about, you know, the caliber of what you were doing in your professional life and the the connections and the friendships. And, you know, I'm sure that you still have to this day. And at the end of it, everything was so much more relatable and every different level of wealth and happiness, like, and how it all ties in um, to you sitting on a freeway or also sitting on a private jet, like the same questions were coming up within yourself from other people. Um, they're happening all over the world. So I just love the concept of, yeah, I'm a, I'm a problem solver and I like to troubleshoot too. So I like the concept of having a framework that when you explained it, it just makes absolute sense. And it's like, wow, it's so powerful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Let me tell you this other story, if you don't mind, um, because this is kind of ties into the book a little bit too. So when I graduated college, which was many years ago, um, I, I, I had the summer off, by the way, I didn't have two nickels to my name. I mean, literally. So I got a backpack, a sleeping bag, a year rail pass and a hitchhiker's thumb. And I went to Europe before I started, you know, in, in my career and stuff. And I, I just backpacked basically through Europe by myself and then what have you. And it was a great, it was a fantastic trip and in and of itself, a true, excellent adventure. Um, so yeah, it was fantastic. And anyway, one of the places where I landed was in Florence, Italy. Um, and I'm not a, I was not a museum art person, but when you're in Europe, you know, that's like kind of what you do to a certain extent. So I went to this one museum, um, in Florence and what it was, was, um, some works, statue work, uh, of Michelangelo. Okay. But let me give you the layout that I, that I came across is that there was a hallway and inside the hallway, there were four unfinished blocks of marble that were works of Michelangelo. So one might have had just an arm protruding from it, but it was the perfect arm. I mean, literally the perfect arm. And then the rest of it is like this block of marble. And then another one had torso and another one. And they are actually called the prisoners because they look like people trying to escape. Literally, like trying to escape, which is really fantastic. But this particular museum 
is where the statue, the David, is displayed. And the David is the most amazing thing I think I have ever seen in my life, literally. I mean, it is 14 feet tall. It is massive. It is perfect. It is like, it literally takes your breath away. So what I found years later as I thought about that lineup, I thought, this is kind of like life. Like we start off as these like blocks of marble, right? And then somebody comes along or people come along and they they chip away for us, not at us. Sounds terrible, right? They chip away for us. Maybe it's our parents, teachers, you know, coaches, uh, uh, colleagues, friends, you know, they chip away. And what starts to emerge is us. And, and what happens is that eventually what we'd all like to do is to have our full splendor, our David, like show up in the world, right? That's what I saw was like, wow, this, this kind of like this, this transitory situation of us being raw material and people working with us, like the Delta theorem. I mean, I used it literally as this can be a chisel for people to use in their life to like chip away at the various things so that they could come fully alive like that David, you know, kind of statue or what have you. The reality is that most of us feel like our blocks of marble are uh, a little bit, um, tainted or you know that some of the chipping was you know not as fine as we would have liked to have had and that's all true and what have you but it does not preclude the fact that we have so much we have so much each of us individually to like come alive and and be this you know splendor that is inside of us and that's what you know the book was about was trying to help people come alive yeah. from that perspective yeah, life's too short. You owe it to yourself too, right? It's too short. It is absolutely too short. And yet, you know, it's really hard to take a chip, uh, you know, receive a chip from somebody. It's it's very difficult, you know, especially when it's something that you think, you know, you, you, yeah, you, you know, you emotionally, you know, like I, I can't deal with that or mentally I'm smarter than this or whatever the case is. And yet, you know, we can learn so much from on the shoulders of giants that have gone before us for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that story. That was amazing. And I can't imagine how awesome that trip was. I mean, that just sounds incredible. <laughs> I don't know if I could do it personally, because I'm scared to, you know, a hike that far, <laughs> be backpack alone, but I, all power to you for doing it. <laughs> um, I think it's really interesting too, just to wrap up the conversation every time I have somebody is just to really get your, um, I guess you'll call it like your opinion, you know, what does wellness mean to you? I want to start there. Um, if you don't mind, and then I also want you to leave my audience with, you know, your most memorable, powerful gut punch, if you don't mind too, which is just <laughs> something that will inspire absolutely anybody that's listening. <laughs> well, um, that to, to, to answer your first, um, you know, question, uh, wellness for me is where all six of those facets are working together in harmony so that I am living wholeheartedly. There's nothing worse than talking to somebody and they say, you know, you're doing it half-hearted. You know, it's a, it's a really important kind of like thing, wholehearted versus half-hearted. And where I see wellness coming into play is when all six of those are actually taken into account and they're worked together, you know, in a way that that gets us to wholeheartedness. You know, that's that's where I see wellness. A gut punch. Wow, that's really an uh, interesting question for me. Um, 
I feel like I've had, you know, many, many gut punches. You know, I think that probably the most important gut punches for me have been inside of F squared, where I have I have failed. And and I have had to kind of pick myself up inside of that, you know. Um and and there have been many, you know, occasions. I I write about some of them very personally in the book, you know, that 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 happened. I had one um that I didn't write in the book, but uh, that I've I've shared in social social media, and that was that uh, I had started a a a business in the soccer promotion world, and uh, we put on a, a match, an international match between a team from Poland and a team from Mexico in Chicago, and it was lined up to be really a terrific kind of match, and it was a complete failure, a complete failure. And to the point where when I got on a plane from Chicago back to Los Angeles, I was just, I knew that like the dream of having something like this was, was, was done. It was done. Um, but I learned how to square that up. I learned that, wow, you know what? Um, I can learn from some of the things that I did wrong inside of that. Or here's a really important one is that I remember the empty feeling that I had. And when I took a new position, I took it with the understanding that I would not entertain other offers because I felt like if I entertained other offers, I was not wholehearted in what I was giving to this new position. And I didn't want to have that empty feeling again. And so I just literally said, I'm not entertaining, even in my mind, you know, any other offers, I'm going after this full-fledged and stuff. And, you know, that was F squared. That was learning from failure. That was squaring up, you know, failure that I, that I learned that. And frankly, it was a great lesson because I didn't entertain anything. And in that particular position, you know, I, I did well and, and put my heart into it and it worked and it was terrific from that standpoint. I was not half-hearted i was wholehearted which is exactly the wellness that we were talking about you know just prior. Yeah. yeah and going all in wow That's right. yeah. yeah i could not agree with that more well thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today um i want to give you a couple more minutes just to of course let everybody know and i'll drop these in the show notes too where to connect with you where to follow you where to get the book um, anything that you want to leave and uh, we'll drop those in the show notes too so we can direct people to the right place well thank you yes uh, so in terms of the book it it goes live on Amazon on May 23rd. So that's when they could get access to it. If you buy it on May 23rd, you're going to get a discount. Um, so encourage people buy it on May 23rd. Uh, they'll be, it'll be discounted on launch on launch time. You can go to deltatheorem.com and find out uh, inside the landing page, you know, information from the book. And then for me personally, it's real easy. Connect with Brett with one T connectwithbrett.com is the is basically the easiest place cuz then you'll find you know linkedin and twitter and and email address and you know all the things associated with that kind of stuff so it's connectwithbrett with one t.com perfect awesome thank you so much again it was so nice talking to you we're going to wrap up there but yeah i can't wait for people to read this book i can't wait to get my hands on it too so this has really been a powerful conversation. I appreciate you being willing to share your personal experience as well um, with the audience today. So oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course.